With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined, as always, by Paul Hoynes, our Indians beat writer. Uh, Paul, uh, coming in on the uh, the heels of Tribe Fest 2019, uh, it was a uh, it was the first chance we had this this uh, last week to to get a uh, to really get in in the room and, and talk to some of these guys uh since since the end of the the season last year since uh since losing in the playoffs to Houston yeah it w- it's always it's always good to ca- kind of catch up joe uh you know get in a room with all those guys again and uh, just see what they've been doing i know uh, you did a story on uh, jake bowers today what what do you think of him what were your impressions of him uh as far as talking to him i think it's going to be great talking to him all year i, I think he's going to be a, a real engaging and and, and thoughtful guy giving you good answers and, and good information throughout the season. Uh, and, and he seems like a guy who's just, he's ready to get out there and, and, and prove himself and, and, and really sort of, uh, yeah, I, I, I could tell that he, he didn't like the way that last season ended for him. And uh, he sort of slumped off the, the second half of last season after the all-star break. And he, he wants to get out there and, and show everybody why the Indians wanted to bring him in and, and make the trade to bring him here. Yeah, I, I like uh, during the – there was a question and answer uh, period during the afternoon session. And he asked what he was excited about playing in Cleveland. And he said playing in the sunshine, you know. He's going to get some <laughs> – he said he had like a vitamin D uh, deficiency playing at the Trop last year and but Bauer said you might not be getting some a lot of sunshine the first two months of the year in Cleveland well yeah if you remember what the weather was like at the beginning of last year that was the big complaint was uh these guys were 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 freezing and the offense was so stagnant because of the weather uh the other thing in terms of Bowers I mean the park factor is going to be huge for him going from uh, being a left-handed power hitter and going from uh, Tropicana Field to Progressive Field you know, it, it, it worked for Lindor and it worked for Ramirez, uh, you know, adjusting their swings and, and sort of, you know, hitting balls in the air, getting them out. They, they hit more home runs. I, I, I see a, a power surge, you know, if, if Bowers, Bowers stays consistent and, and maybe sort of, uh, you know, continues to put balls in play the way that, that they sort of think he will. Uh, you know, he's a 20-plus he's a home run guy in a, in a season. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Uh, you know, the, the one thing I like, Joe, is he's been traded a couple times. He's been through this. This isn't a big deal for him. You know, he's, he, you know, you got, I know he's still a young guy, but he's kind of been flipped a couple times. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, that, that one, that's not going to set him back. And I think he's, uh, he's anxious for the opportunity. He said, uh, I think when, uh, 
you know, the fans got on him in Cleveland. He said he liked that, you know, he, and, and now they're going to be behind him. So it, it, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, a good sign. I wonder, wh- wh- where do you think he's going to end up playing? I, I think they're going to play him at, at first base. I think they're going to play uh, Carlos Santana at, at DH and, and, and spell him, you know, every so often uh, at first. I think Santana will play every day. I mean, San, Santana's yeah. got that Dominican mindset. He's, he's right. put me in the lineup every day. So he's your DH and he's your uh, – your every so often first baseman. I think Bowers is is your everyday first baseman unless they're playing uh, unless they're facing New York. Yeah, <laughs> every, right. Has That's every lefty lefty in the American League. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you 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 find a way to to sit Bowers against lefties uh, every so often, and and you know that's your rotation there. I I if they if they have to put him in the outfield. Uh, you know, I, I guess they they can try it. I I I think they've got to make a move there before before yeah. long. Yeah, so. you look at this lineup or the potential lineup. You know, they have or whichever way uh, Francona goes, it looks like they're still missing. To me, they're a, they're an, at least one bat short, mm-hmm. and and maybe two. You know, when you look at you know, okay, you can say you know you want to flip uh, Santana and and Bowers at DH and first base, but you're still missing a hitter. To right. me, you know, you're, you're like a, you're missing Alonzo or you're missing, you know, no matter how you do that, you're missing, you know, a yonder Alonzo to me or somebody or a Michael Brantley. You still need a You still need a hitter. Yeah. The, the projections for Bowers pretty much equal out to what Alonzo was able to give you last year. Only he's doing it for, you know, pennies on the dollar. Right. So, you know, he, he figure he's going to be uh, he's if he's hitting behind. Lindor and Ramirez, who are going to be on base a lot, he's going to drive in, you know, high 80s, you know, in a in a perfect world, 90, 90 some runs, you know, yeah. that's possible. That's that's what Alonzo gave you last year. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, it, maybe that bat comes in and plays third base and pushes Ramirez yeah. to second, and you put Kipnis in the outfield. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was. You know, you, you look, there's still a lot of, you know, like second baseman out there, mm-hmm. free agent second baseman. I was wondering if, you know, they sign like an Isdrubal Cabrera, put him at second, then you move Kipnis to third, I mean, Kipnis to left field, or where, wherever you want to put Kipnis. I, I, I don't think he's going to play center, but maybe yeah. put Kipnis. I mean, if you sign, if, if you sign as Drubal Cabrera, I'd put him at third base and, and put Ramirez at second. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad you're talking about Because you're talking about age and, you know, mobility yeah. there. And nah. you get another switch hitter in there, well, you know, and, 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 you know, Cabrera can still hit, I, you know, he, he right. can't play shortstop anymore. Oh, he had, but, he had a, a heck of a year last year, yeah. like a resurgent year uh, for, for Cabrera at least. But yeah, I think he'd love to come back to Cleveland. I think that would, but I, you know, that's, I'm just throwing a name out there. I have no, no clue, but I know, you know, they're going to wait. If, if they don't trade a pitcher, if they don't trade, if they don't trade Kluber, they are they're gonna they've got to get another hitter, and I think right. they're gonna wait. You know, the, they'll get into camp, then they'll see who's still out twisting in the wind, and and sign somebody to a one year deal, and and go out, move from there. Well, it seems uh, it's uh, we're we're recording here short of uh, one o'clock this afternoon, so uh, we're probably about an hour away from our daily tweet by John Morosi about where Kluber's going uh, <laughs> uh, today. Uh, it seems like it seems like, like that guy just every day tweets out another uh, Kluber rumor. But yeah. uh, it, it, 
if if that's the case, you wrote about uh, the possibility of a three-team trade with San Diego and and the Reds. What would be the appeal for the Indians uh, in, in a deal like that? Yeah, you know that was so convoluted that I, I really, you know, I, I didn't see how that was benefiting the Indians because nothing was written about what the Indians were getting back. You know, nothing. It was Kluber going to San Diego, San Diego flipping Kluber to the Reds, and uh, what's the kid's name? Seville? Uh, Sen- uh, Senzel? Nick Senzel? Yeah, Senzel going to, uh, uh, going to the Padres to play third base. So, um, you know, but I, I respected, uh, you know, Rosenthal, Kenny Rosenthal, you know, was one of the guys that tweeted it. So I think there was something to it. And the more I looked into it, I think that they had talked about that, but it seemed like a deal like that had been talked about two or three weeks ago, maybe a little longer. And, you know, it hadn't gotten much traction. And, uh, you know, and I think right now it still looks like, you know, Kluber and Bauer are going to go to camp with the Indians. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the opening day rotation. I think, you know, I know Kluber's making $17 million this year. But I think it'd be tougher to trade Bauer right now. You know, uh, you know he's in arbitration. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he's filed for arbitration. It looks like they're headed for a hearing. He's going to make $13 million. I don't know if there's, you know, one year, $13 million. I, I, I don't know if that hurts his trade value or not. What uh, the the numbers? Do we know the numbers that were put forward by the Indians? And in, in, yeah, it's in Bauer? Uh, thirteen. Bauer wants thirteen, and the Indians came in at eleven. Eleven. And, okay. So, and, and, what do you think? You think Bauer's going to win that? I don't know. I think they were surprised that Bauer came in high. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, the MLB uh, Trade Rumors dot com uh, app. I guess uh, you know they do a pretty good job of projecting those numbers, and they had him at like eleven point six. Mm-hmm. So he came in high. The Indians came in a little low, but they, I think they, they came in real low last year when he, you know, when they, they came in at 5.3 and he won at 6, 6.525, something like that. So, uh, you know, I think they came in a little low last year. So this is going to be a, another interesting case. And I think both these, you know, both sides now, if they if they, it was if it wasn't a file and a trial approach, you know mm-hmm. both these if the you know Bowers agency hasn't adopted that and the Indians haven't adopted that, they can still negotiate right, right. up until you're walking through the door to to a hearing. But you know I have a feeling that uh, that the, we're the next time we hear something about this, it's going to be at a hearing, and right. you, you know they they've got to pick either or they they can't the arbitrators can't pick a middle ground. Right, and I I think they're the arbitrators more likely to 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 side with Bowers, you know, request there. That's, yeah, them, that's a you know that's a that's a hefty award. He, that's a big jump, especially that, you take into, you know, he had a great year. You you can't deny that two point two one ERA, struck out over two hundred guys in you know less than one hundred and eighty innings, maybe two hundred twenty guys, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. so he had a great year, but he did miss five weeks. So uh, you right. know, I think that comes. That probably you'll play play, may it could play into it. Yeah, but durability's never been an issue with Bauer. I mean, the, yeah. you're talking about one freak injury. I think that's easy to to explain away to yeah. in an arbitration hearing as opposed to. Uh, I I just think Bauer wants to sit down across the table and hear everything that the Indians think about him. Yeah, that's, I that's know. what he wants. So I think he likes that, the process. You know, to, to him that, that two million dollar difference is worth. Him is worth it to him 
to sit down and, and sort of get that exchange. I think he wants that. Uh, and whether it's a motivation thing or whether it's just a personality thing. I mean, we, we, we've talked ad nauseum about Trevor Bauer's personality and I don't want to get into it now, but uh, you know, that, that just seems the way it is. On the other side, you've got Francisco Lindor, who's pretty much been, you know, playing everything close to the vest and, you know, doesn't talk about anything. And, and they, they came to an agreement. The, it was 10.5 million. Yeah, 10.5. Uh, so he, he didn't, uh, hit Chris Bryant's record for second year arbitration award, but uh, came came darn close. I mean, you're talking about Bryant who had a, a, a rookie of the year and an MVP under his belt when he got that second year award. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Lindor's coming within 300,000 of it. Yeah, I mean, Lindor did a great – I mean, that, that was – you know, he, he deserved that too. That's a, and that's almost a $10 million raise. How would you like to get that as, you know, from one year to the next? That's, that's not bad. And uh, Well, and think, go ahead and double it for next year if, if things yeah. stay the same. And uh, it's interesting. You know, I think uh, – you know, I think you – know, you know, I kind of wrote about this a little bit. You know, some people were encouraged maybe that it, he didn't go to arbitration. He did settle for a one-year deal. And – you know, kind of maybe left a crack in the door open for a multi-year deal. Uh, at least the Indians, you know, to make the offer for a multi-year deal in spring training. And um, I, I, you know, I, from the people I've talked to, I guess that's like apples and oranges. You know, it's not just because he signed doesn't mean he's open for a multi-year deal. But I do think, you know, that the Indians, it, it wouldn't hurt the Indians to take another run at him. And I'm not saying that they, they haven't done that every spring since, you know, he turned down the $100 million uh, uh, offer in, uh, or the reported $100 million offer in uh, in the spring of 2017. Yeah, that would be a, a daily text message I would be sending if I were Mike Chernoff. And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you got to take a I'd shot. Be, I'd, be hitting, I'd be hitting send on that text message every day. Just, hey, you ready to talk yet? Come yeah, on, I, let's sit down. Yeah, and, and you know, I think uh, with his agent, you know, I, his, you know, Lindor and, and his agent, David Meter, really got to be uh, um, watching what Machado and, and Harper get. You know, I think uh, they're not going to move off the dime until uh, they see what those guys get and how that can affect them. Right. And and that's, uh, you know, we're all sit, sort of sitting here watching and seeing, is Machado going to wind up at the White Sox? There, There's reports that an offer has been out there for a while. And you know, a dispute as to what the, the, the offer actually is yeah. seven years, 125 million, something like that. But, uh, you know, how do things shift if Machado winds up in the AL central? That's a, Hey, that's, that's a good, that's a great question because, uh, you know, they've, they've made some moves, man. They get, you get Alonzo, you get John Jay, you get, uh, they got uh, basically uh, all of Machado's family and workout partners. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. his dental hygiene, as yeah, Anthony Casterman said. <laughs> and and uh, you know you've got uh, you know you've got uh, uh, Herrera. You know they got Herrera mm-hmm. for the bullpen. They got Colome for the bullpen. Uh, they're getting better, and and so is Kansas City. And if if you add Machado to that mix, uh, that's a very that you know the Indians. You, you know, this isn't going to be – they're not going to be like, uh, you know, coasting to uh, another AL division title. They might not even win it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump in and take some uh, questions from our readers and, and see what they're talking about and what they're thinking about uh, in the, the this sort of weird in-between period between Tribe Fest and spring training where 
Terry Francona is off playing in a golf tournament and, and uh, you know, he, he's, he's ready to get down there to Goodyear uh, according to everything he was saying at Tribe Fest. So it's sort of this, uh, this sort of weird ethereal sort of in between time. What, what do the, the fans want to know about? Oh, here's a question, Joe, from Dan Manzusik from Parma. Do you think uh, there's any chance that the Indians and Cody Allen could come to an agreement on a, a one-year deal? Uh, I think there's always a chance. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think once the, uh, once the Kimbrels of the world uh, uh, figure out where they're going and, and where they're signing, I think that's going to determine what happens to Cody Allen and what the offers are going to be out there. And, you know, I, God bless Cody Allen, let him go out and find a, a match that's going to uh, pay him the most money and, or, you know, whatever, whatever fits his, his heart. But uh, the Indians would certainly love to see him back if the price is right. Yeah. That, that's the, uh, that's the missing piece to me. You know, I know uh, Cody, you know, free agency can either, you know, like make you uh, put you on a rocket ship to the moon or, or kick you in the rear end. And unfortunately the second option kind of caught Cody this past season. He had what, five great seasons, you know, you know, bulldog, like uh, heavy duty, you know, seasons and, and, you know, 70 appearances, you know, big saves, low ERA. And unfortunately he, you know, he was a little erratic last year and, and it's hurt him. And I thought maybe, you know, when when Andrew Miller and Britain signed, his market would start to move a little bit. And uh, but from from what I've heard, that uh, you know, he's still he's not close to signing. And uh, right now, I don't know if the India, you know, I I I hesitate to say this, but I don't think the Indians are are interested I, right now. It, and now they could get back in the picture. You know, that, that's but to me, he's the missing piece. You don't have you don't have a setup guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was the long play all along. It's been a five year long play. They they ride him hard and and burn him out so that he he has a he's he's tired by his uh, his his walk year and and then the price comes down. That that's got to be it right there. there yeah, there's a yeah I don't know if they're yeah that's that's pretty calculating. I think, <laughs> but I mean I think Cody's you know the thing the thing I love about Cody is he takes the ball every day. He's never been on the DL. He's not afraid. I mean, uh, I, you know, I love the guy. I think he'd be great to bring back here, especially since you've lost so much leadership and, and veteran, veteran, maybe not even leadership, but just veteran kind of presence in that clubhouse. There's, there's voice. There's, there's no, there's, who's going to talk? Who's going to speak yeah. for the team now? That's, you know, you know I thought it was interesting. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, uh, Clevenger was asked that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were there when Clevenger was asked that. And, I, and you know, who's the I, leader on did I you asked, ask him? Yeah, I asked yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a great question. And 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 uh, he, uh, you know, he said that you know after they lost the first game in in Houston in the ALDS, he went to uh, Lindor and said, "You got to say something." You know, uh, you know these guys. You know, it looks like they've already lost the series here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Lindor, you know, I guess addressed the team. So you know that was interesting to me. Not not that Lindor talked, but Clevenger went over and told him to talk. You know, or asked right. him to talk. Right. So I think that presence is still there. You know, it's got to emerge on every club. But you know, they've lost so much. You know, so much, so many guys that you know 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 what how it works, and uh, that's going to be a void to fill. All right, what's next? 
Okay, uh, uh, from T. Gardner, what do you think about uh, adding uh, uh, Derek Dietrich? He's a versatile guy. He could play the outfield. He can play uh, the infield. He seems like the kind of guy that uh, Terry Francona would like. Well, he went to the right school, so, you know, he's going <laughs> to uh, – He's a, he's a local product, Eric Dietrich from uh, St. Ignatius High School. I, I, I think, uh, uh, hey, if the again, if the if the price are not knowing what these what the what Chernoff and Antonetti are willing or able to spend right now yeah. to get a guy, uh, I don't want to say bottom feeding, but you know, sort of waiting to to see where guys drop to and seeing what they've got to spend. Uh, we're seeing guys sign more one year deals. There's a whole. Yeah roster full Lonnie Chisenhall signed a one-year deal I mean yeah there's there's a whole roster full of guys out there who have signed one-year deals that look really reasonable and really you know and every time Avisio Garcia signs with uh where did he sign uh uh Tampa Garcia was talking yeah yeah did he sign I saw he was talking I I know they were close but they were talking about a one-year deal boy Garcia would have looked great in right field for the I mean not in right field but yeah, he in the lineup. Unfortunately, he, play the he, has, he has a little trouble catching a fly ball. Well, but. and and you know they would have had to separate him and Bauer in the uh, in the locker room if that. that oh right. yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, Bauer I, would explain the I, rules I, to him. I hey, would have get three strikes. You got to walk. You got to go back to the play. Oh, <laughs> how awesome would it have been to sign him? But again, that's a one year deal. On you know it didn't look like the they were spending way too much. Any, anything, three, four million dollars for a one-year guy for yeah. to to basically solve your problem in the outfield and let you move on to addressing something else. I, uh, yeah. I, so as far as Dietrich goes, uh, the only pro, the only knock that I would say against him would be he's a he's a left-handed hitter. Yeah. And the Indians have a lot of left-handed bats, and there are some pretty decent lefties, you know, and young, good left-handed pitching in in the division. Oh, I'm sorry, in the division. So I think you might want to add a, a right-handed bat if you could find one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, okay, this is from uh, this is from Phil Haas, Phil Hass, Phil Hass from Marion. How is Milwaukee? Uh, how are the Milwaukee able? You know, the Milwaukee Brewers basically have you know the same market size as the Indians, maybe a little smaller. Uh, but how are they able to sign player after player? How have they been able to do this over the last couple of years? Because you guys keep uh, buying Miller Light and drinking beer. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> how, how do you think they fund their their? No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, every I think every team develops their roster differently, though. Uh, that that really is the case. The Indians seem to be on that model of you know trying to go young and develop young talent and, and lock up guys so that you have that controllability before they they start demanding these you know 10 to 20 million dollar arbitration awards yeah, uh and, and free agency yeah and I, I cheated a little joe I, I i did some homework on this one uh you know last year the indians still had a bigger payroll than than the brewers the indians were at 135 million mm-hmm. the brewers were at 90 you know when they added uh when they added the kid, uh, Yelich. Yeah, when when they added what uh, you know they added the, the center fielder. Um, well, when you know Lorenzo, and, uh, Lorenzo Cain, yeah, Lorenzo Cain, and the kid from Miami, right? 
you know, Christian Yelich. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and now they get the catcher Grandel. Uh, but they, you know, so that they they were only dealing. I mean, the Indians had were outspending them last year, so it's not like the Indians, you know, were were, were you know they were getting beat on that regard. But I think, uh, you know, I I just think you know one of the factors here as as to why uh, Milwaukee has has pushed over the last couple of years is it's a better baseball town. At least the attendance says they have in the last uh, seven years. They have they have not drawn fewer than two point three million fans, and it's more like the average is probably about two point seven million, you know. And that's for a team that you know really has been to the postseason one year in the last seven years. Oh. The Indians, the Indians have been, uh, you know, we all know they they've been to the postseason four times in the last four years. They've only drawn over two million fans once in the last I, I want to say ten years, eight or ten years. So I think uh, you know. You know, fan support is is a big reason why uh, Milwaukee has been able to, uh, you know, do this in the last two years. And obviously, you know, every 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 team, uh, the Indians in, in in market sizes like Milwaukee and the Indians has a window. I think the Indians have propped that window open a lot longer than uh, than teams like Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee. You know, they've had this last year, and, you know, obviously they're shooting for it again. They're favored again, I, I would imagine, in the NL Central. This year, that's a tough division. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, so, you know, the window only lasts so long. And the longer you can keep it open, the better job you're doing. So I think uh, you can't really, you know, point the finger at the Indians' front office in that regard. I mean, you, the, the ownership takes a lot of heat. For not spending money, they're they're taking a lot of heat this winter, for you know for uh, kind of you know trading so much money away. And you know I get it. I, I see why fans are upset. But if you look at the big picture, you know they've been in this thing for six straight years, and they still are favored. They should be the favored team to win it again this year. And you know you also you talk about that fan support and and the attendance figures in Milwaukee. You're talking about a park that you're not going to be sitting in 20 degree temperatures in in right. April. It's, you got uh, a dome, yeah. When they, when they close that up, you know, and, and it's a it's it's a fantastic park. Uh, you know, a nice place to to see. That's a, game a great and all that. point. But uh, you know, they don't have to worry about rescheduling games and and you know, right fans missing out not, or not, not wanting to come. And, and you can't blame fans to because they're around here a game in, in April where it's 20 degrees and rainy outside, yeah. you can watch the game on TV. Uh, it, it makes no sense, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're crazy. Much, the, the experience is so much better in Milwaukee when you don't have to worry about the elements. That's great. Yeah. That's a good point. And um, we got one more, one more okay. question here. Uh, All right. This from, uh, what's uh, Lloyd Daring from Kirtland. Whatever happened to Ryan Merritt? Oh, right. He he resigned with the uh, yeah with the, the triple A club. Yeah, minor league deal with the Rays, right? Right, I, right. Yeah, and uh, you know he was he was saying you know I thought he could help, but I mean I think if hey if you know Ryan was uh, out of options, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, he went to spring training last year trying to make the club, but he had I think he had a knee problem, he had a shoulder problem, he wasn't throwing very hard. He was out of options, and, uh, you know, the, the Indians – he opened the season on the DL, and the Indians managed to keep him. 
all year, you know, he was on the DL. He came off. He was rehabbing. He really, you know, really never regained his uh, his velocity. What what velocity he had, uh, and uh, you know, at the end of the season, he became a minor league free agent, and and Tampa Bay signed him. Right, and, and that's you know, he's he's one of the, that's not an area where the Indians are going to have to have to worry about you know too much depth, or at least early in the year. Uh, right now, you've still got, uh, you know, if you need to, you can go to a Plutko or, uh, you know, other guys that they've signed that are, are available to them if they need a, a spot starter. Uh, Josh Tomlin, uh, you know, we haven't heard what's what's going on with him, where, yeah. where he's going to end up or, or whatnot. So, yeah, I read uh, something that said the Mets were looking at him on a minor league deal. You know, I'd be, you know, I still think the odds favor him coming to camp with the Indians and doing like a Mike Napoli type thing, Mm -hmm. you know, just giving him one more shot to, you know, maybe not necessarily making the team, but, you know, given, given 29 other teams a a look at him, maybe, you know, somebody, somebody uh, loses a starter or or a reliever, you know, during camp, they need somebody and he gets another shot. I don't think he's ready to retire, but. You know, in two or three years, I, I think he's going to be he's going to be a pitching coach for the Indians. Or I would not be surprised if he was somewhere somewhere, somewhere in the, the system. Yeah, there, yeah. there's there's got to be room for him. Uh, and and we didn't see. Uh, we know Mike Napoli uh, announced his retirement, but uh, he hasn't caught on anywhere yet. Or have, have we seen where he's? No, he has not. He I guess he interviewed with the Cubs when the you know the Cubs were interviewing for wow. coaches. He interviewed for the Cubs for the Cubs job, one of the Cubs coaching jobs. I thought that was kind of ironic, you know, because, you know, yeah, we, it's kind of we, weird. the Indians reached a World Series against the Cubs and, and the Cubs ended up beating them. But I think he's going to be a good addition somewhere too. He'll he'll be able to, if, if that's what he wants to do. And, and when we talked to him, Joe, I remember in the dugout mm-hmm. early last year after he hurt his knee, uh, he certainly sounded like he wanted to stay in the game. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're looking at uh, what's what's coming up. The Indians announced their uh, their pitchers and catchers report date is uh, February twelfth. Yeah, February twelfth. So two days before Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's coming uh, fast. Now. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's really not a lot of time uh, between now and then. Uh, less than a month, and everything gets going out in uh, spring training. Uh, at Tribe Fest this past weekend, Tito talked uh, on stage about that first uh, that first big meeting with the with the club, and I know that's a that's a big occasion for them when basically everybody in the organization, everybody who's in that room, is is you know are the guys that travel with the team. They're 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 the guys who are day to day guys, and they all hear that message from Tito. Uh, he he lays out what the expectations are how they go about their business every day. And he sort of really sets the tone on that first day of spring training. Yeah, I think that's going to be, that's right before the first full squad workout, which I think is going to be, uh, I want to say February 18th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, I know even, you know, the PR guys go in there, the trainers are in there. Uh, Mike Seggy, the traveling secretary, the front office is in there. And Tito, like you said, it's the State of the Union. And uh, Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi will <laughs> – I think he's going to – he will. she will let Tito go in to and, and address the full the full uh, 
Congress of the Indians. It's not like Trump. And uh, so I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, and it's, and he gets fired up about it. He's done it like for so many years, but he really works, works at it. He worries about it. And you're right. It's, it's to set the tone and, and to, I know last year, the, the, the whole thing we wanted to be the last, they, they wanted to be the last team standing. That was the message, you know, we, we, the, uh, that the Indians wanted to, you know, to, you know, because they knew, they knew, you know, that they had this collection of guys for just one more year. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how he addresses the, the team this year. Uh, and, you know, he's great at that. He's, he's really good at it. And I think he's good at uh, Joe, like we were talking earlier, letting this team, uh, you know, the veteran guy, or, you know, letting the team develop its own personality and letting, uh, you know, kind of leadership come forward, uh, you know, not, not, not by some guy coming in like, like a Nick Swisher and mm-hmm. pounding his chest and saying, I'm the guy, you know, it, I think he's, he more, he's, he's, he lets it uh, develop organically. And, you know, so it, it, usually your best players are your best leaders. Mm-hmm. No matter what they say, but I think you know you still have to develop a personality, and those and those players eventually emerge, and that's what you know that's what part of spring training is about. I, I say he takes a uh, page out of Sean Payton's book and wheels the Lombardi Trophy in, in a with a stack of two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash and four armed guards, and the whole <laughs> and the whole room goes nuts. Uh, that'd be I, great. Yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. Uh, I, I don't know. I I. I just knowing, you know, being around Tito and, and, and knowing the way that he could get, you know, the guys fired up like that, uh, it would it would be awesome just to hear that one of that one of those. Yeah. Speeches. But uh, you know, we, we'll never we'll never be privy to that. But uh, you know, we could stand on the other side of the door and watch him come out of yeah. there ready to, ready to run through a wall. The door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I and every manager's like that. Every manager I've covered kind of points to that day. And uh, they all do it in their own their own way, you know. Charlie Manuel, Eric Wedge, Grover, you know, uh, all those guys have have a certain uh, you know kind of a certain approach, a certain uh, trick up their sleeve to to get the team's attention and and uh, kind of get them pointed in the right direction. All right, well, we're pointed in the right direction, and that's uh, heading towards uh, spring training and and eventually baseball. Here, I know it's. Uh, we got to get through this snowy weekend first, but uh, uh, let's uh, let's remember what, what's on the other side of that. Hoinsey, uh, good to talk to you again, and we will talk to you next week.